0: Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, prayer, and doubting every thought. If you're looking for peace in life and want to know what God really is about, you've come to the right spot. I wish you well, and let's get this episode started. Okay, and we are live. What day is it? It's 820. 8.45 8.45 a.m. in the morning. I hope you're doing well. This is the Doubt Every Thought podcast, where we give you the three easy steps to return to God and explain how amazing it is to be a son or daughter of God. Sounds a little arrogant, but once you get into it, um, it's actually pretty true. This is episode, what is it, number seven, and it's titled The First Step of Forgiveness. I'm Jacob, the creator and host of the show. You know, today we got a few interesting topics we'll be covering Of course, as usual, for the first probably 20 to 100 episodes, I'm always going to talk about what the podcast is about. Uh, We're going to talk also about how to take that first step, like the details of forgiveness, how your thoughts are going to try to trick you. Uh, We're also going to reflect on a book by Roy Masters, one that I talked about on episodes number five and six. And the last thing we'll cover is the biblical question that is from Jesse Lee Peterson's Church from Bond. Uh, I think it's a good one this week so you know as always you know if you want to listen to my voice talk about how to return to God if you want to know the three basic steps and you want to have peace in your life you came to the right spot so let's get this party started okay so what doubt every thought is about now if You're pretty smart. Let's say you got an IQ above 20. I would think you can actually know what it is because that's the title of the show. But let me just put it more simply. It's really about how to return to the kingdom of God. And in particular, it's about how to really demystify the whole process, because I think for most of my life, it was a very foggy, confusing subject. You know, you had to go to church. You had to do some hooping and hollering. You had to listen to pastors. Some sort of like, um, you know, external prayer where you're actually talking out loud. You know, and sometimes too, that was more the more Christian route. The other route I heard is some people do psychedelics to find themselves. They uh, de- you know, delve into different types of finding yourself activities by traveling the world, by experiencing all these different cultures. And for my experience, it didn't work. And then once I found out about the three simple steps, uh, it's so simple and so many people haven't done it. But once you do it, there's this other side of reality where you actually embody the quote uh, from this world, but not of this world, where you have peace, you have freedom from external expectations. And in reality, it's God living through you versus feeling like you're alone and living your own life. Sounds pretty amazing, right? I mean, I think it does. You know, and from my experience, it's totally worth it so of course now the question is how do you do it well i got the secret right here and I'm not going to hold it back from you uh, all you have to do is drop that judgment and anger you have to know yourself and of course say it with me part number three is to doubt every thought now that sounds really ethereal really silly let's just go actually go into the details of how it works to really drop that judgment and anger you need to forgive your parents particularly your mother For making you resent them and then god will forgive you the know yourself concept sounds very generic as well but how you do it is just with a silent prayer where you're just observing your thoughts and we have a few tutorials on how to do that and of course the last thing is to doubt every thought because the thoughts that are above your shoulders that are in your head that's suggesting things to you is really not you and the reason why you're going to be doubting every single thought is because it's going to disconnect you from Satan, and you can naturally reattach to your true father. One thing I want to talk about, too, is what happens after you do this. Uh, You begin to actually see reality as you saw it as a kid. You know, when I was a child and didn't have any resentment, I didn't even know that the past was real, that the future was real. And when you're in that fallen state, that's what you think is true. Past is real, future is real, and thoughts are you. When you're in this new state in forgiveness and in the present moment, you realize the past is not real. It's just thoughts. The future is not real. Also just thoughts. And that thoughts really aren't you. Uh, You'll also kind of see too how we're all in this hypnotized world. How we're born into sin and how the worldly achievements are a nice thing, but you begin to realize it's an exchange and it's not as nice as the kingdom of God. You know, When you've woken up, you realize that the you who's actually listening to this podcast if you're awake the you doesn't actually exist it's just the ego and the thoughts that you've begun to believe and embody themselves inside of you you'll actually if if you've really woken up i gotta say you can actually find that god can work and speak through you you'll have moments where you're talking with other people and all of a sudden you'll take a step back and say what the who said those amazing words out there and you'll realize it wasn't you That it was the spirit of God within you. I think the Holy Spirit or something like that The nice thing too is once you have done this forgiveness once you are doing the silent prayer and once you're doubting every thought You don't have to stop doing any of the unrighteousness that you're doing before drinking sex out of wedlock incessant thinking worry resentment anger it's not about you trying to work these things out or becoming a better person Over time, those things will slowly slough away from you as you live in the present moment. And then if you're doing everything right, you're going to understand that you have no emotions and you'll be a man or woman of God. Uh, The other kind of secret skills that I've noticed, too, is that you're not going to be bothered by what's happening in the world. You'll clearly see what is true and what is false from a spiritual sense, and you won't have any doubt or concern. I think that all sounds great, right? Lots of different promises there. That's what I've noticed in my experience. The one thing I want to mention too, is there's two great people to check out, not just me. Who's talking about this. One of them is Roy masters. He has this foundation called the foundation for human understanding. He has a YouTube channel and a few guided silent prayers that you can actually use when you're first getting used to this. Uh, the other person too, is Jesse Lee Peterson. Uh, he has a organization called bond brotherhood organization of a new destiny focused on rebuilding the family. By Rebuilding The Man. He's a uh, talk show host, pastor, counselor, interviewer. He has an entrepreneur academy. And I highly recommend seeing him on YouTube for all the things that he posts. Uh, You can go to rebuildingtheman.com to even learn more. Uh, I think Roy has about 52 years of helping people with personal and spiritual problems. And Jesse's been doing Bond for about 30 years. And there's going to be a lot of people out there. That are all talking about what I'm talking about and I just wanted to make sure you know that even though I may be talking from a source of truth or Roy is or Jesse is I think it's very important for people understand that we are just signposts on your own spiritual path You know, you shouldn't go to a pastor or a person or someone you respect and worship them, right? That's idolatry. You're you're looking to them to find all your solutions. You're looking externally to fulfill that internal spiritual gap that God should be. So I always say, take it in one ear and out the other, and really know for yourself instead of just memorizing. It can feel challenging at first. You may go through repentance where things just bubble up and it's painful, and you're going to want to run away from it. Don't worry about it. Just sit in that moment. Yeah. So in this podcast, we're going to actually talk about the mechanics of waking up. Like, What does it actually mean to go and forgive? That'll be in part two, like exactly what the silent prayer is and what you can feel. We're also going to be talking with a few others who have woken up too and just, you know, kind of tell you what it's like on the other side, but maybe, maybe kind of attract you to it and help you develop your own light. And we're also going to review clips and tips and videos from people who have already woken up. You know, the whole goal here is to break this real barrier that people tend to believe Between real life and the spiritual life. You know, Sundays are the spiritual time. For Muslims, it's the five times a day. That's spiritual time. In reality, it's all spiritual, it's not physical. And so we want to bring more spiritual sense to this fallen world. So that's what the show is about. If you're really interested in this or you have questions or concerns, I would love to hear from you. We're going to have our website, doubteverythought.com. You can you know, ask your questions there, we can answer them for you. We'll have lots of different people uh, being interviewed and I just can't wait to talk about this more. So that's it for this part. So, oh, I can hear the transition music already, excellent. Let's move into part two, which is the first step, which is forgiveness. Okay, and welcome back to part two of the most amazing doubt every thought podcast episode number seven Uh, my name is jacob so in this particular part we wanted to talk about that first step of the three-step process to return to god and that step was forgiveness and it's something we talk about a lot on the doubt every thought podcast Uh, the reason why i wanted to spend a few minutes here is because it's a very muddy subject there's a lot of I'm not sure if it's misinformation or just misguided advice. You know, it reminds me of how we talked about in episode number six about repentance, how it has all this you know, magic around it. It's the same thing with forgiveness. There's this concept of it. People talk about it like, oh, you just need to go and forgive. But then people are like, okay, how do I do it? You know, I've talked with a lot of people about it before I was uh, a son of God, and it always seemed very... Again, ethereal, something I didn't understand. So I just wanted to give an overview of what it really is. Then we'll kind of go into how to go do it. We'll also talk about the common barriers that your thoughts will try to give you, you know, what it actually means and all that type of jazz. So when I go online, look for some definitions on what forgiveness is. You know, I go to psychology today. It says forgiveness is the release of resentment or anger. Hey, that's on point. You know, it doesn't mean reconciliation. One doesn't have to return to the same relationship or accept the same harmful behaviors from an offender. I think that's a great start. Uh, One kind of good thing about forgiveness that they're saying here is that when you go through forgiveness, it elevates your mood, it enhances optimism, and it guards against anger, stress, anxiety, and depression. I mean, that all sounds great. Then the question is how to actually go do it. So I like that definition. Wanted to start with psychology today as the basis for it. Now, the one thing where I think people get mixed up is about how to actually do the mechanics of forgiveness. So take a quick moment, kind of reflect, don't think, just reflect on when I say, hey, you need to go and forgive. How does that kind of play out? For many people, when you think about forgiveness, it sounds like you're going to go to the particular person and you're going to ask them to forgive you like you're going to be going to them and say please forgive me for what i have done and what i want to propose today is that it's the exact opposite of that where instead of you going to them and asking them for forgiveness you're going to go to them and forgive them for making you resent them sounds pretty opposite, right? I I thought so too. It sounds judgmental when you first approach this, like what am I gonna, I'm gonna go to them and say, Hey, I forgive you for making me angry. That doesn't make sense. Don't worry about making sense. The whole goal here is to really relax and think about a different approach. The reason why you're doing this approach is that in a fallen state, You will see that when you go and ask for them to forgive you, the real way to view it is that you're going to Satan and asking the sin within them to forgive you the light within you. It's the exact opposite of what you want to approach. So really, when you think about forgiveness, you're going to somebody, but that somebody has two parts to them, right? We talked about this before. They have the perfect them, and then they have the sin within them. Right, Because you're perfect and then you're born into sin. So everyone has that aspect. So it's pretty interesting, right? It sounds really counterintuitive. Maybe your thoughts are going a little crazy right now saying that can't be true. That can't work out that way. Don't listen to those thoughts right doubt every thought that's what the podcast is about the second thing I kind of wanted to talk about here is a common barrier or a thought exercise that you may go through if you begin to commit to this idea of forgiveness and in particular, you want to go to the source of where the forgiveness is, which is your mother and your father. In particular, your mother, because she bore you. She's the one who passed the sin down to you. And you need to go to them and say, I forgive you for making me resent you when I was a child. Now, the first thing that comes to your mind is, I will say, you need to go forgive your parents. They will basically say, well, what do I forgive them for? And the quick response is, right, in your head, like, think about this for a second, is I say, were your parents perfect? Were your parents perfect parents? Because perfect parents create perfect children. I think it's, you can kind of see that way that flow works. And I can almost guarantee that first response to that is nobody's perfect, right? But what you'll find too is that that didn't answer my question. I didn't ask if anybody was perfect. I asked, were your parents perfect? And in fact, when you say that to yourself, you say, oh, nobody's perfect, when, when Satan says that to you, and you accept that thought, it's just a confirmation that, okay, you're saying your parents weren't perfect. So there is something there that they did either wrong, or that they hurt you, or that they put trauma into you. And again, take a step back, realize there's two things in them. There's the perfect them, and there's a sin within them. It's the sin that projected themselves onto you and caused that trauma. It wasn't your parents. So again, when you go to forgive, you're not judging them. You're really saying, I see the perfect you in you, and I see the perfect me in me. So the second thing that may happen is it may take a couple days to go through this. Your thoughts will try to bounce away from it. But for those who really are being called by God, who can feel that, the next step is, well, I don't know what to forgive them for, but I know they weren't perfect. That's a great state to be in. The, the key thing there is kind of that second step that we talk about, where it's about knowing thyself by doing the silent prayer. If you know your parents weren't perfect, but you don't know what exactly they did to you, or maybe you've repressed it, or maybe you're hiding from it, uh, that's why we recommend doing that whole know thyself, the silent prayer. As you get to know thyself, you begin to feel that trauma and pain Whatever it was that you pushed down, whether it was um, having an overbearing mother, uh, having a weak father, having a strong father who hits you, having um, a mother who would never leave you alone, or a mother who abandoned you. You know, it could be, you know, love bombing, or it could be complete abandonment. Whatever it is, it's unique to each person's spirit and spiritual journey. I'm not here to tell you what it is. You know for yourself. So as you get to know thyself, not only will you understand your own moral compass and your own spiritual compass, but you will also understand, oh, this was the things that happened to me. You know, a common barrier too is, um, I guess it kind of relates to that whole idea of nobody's perfect, that um, when you really start to go down this path, you get this fearful response saying, well, I can't go and forgive them. They're just going to yell at me or they're going to hurt me or they're going to... um, X Y Z wh- whatever it is, and you have to realize that's just you believe in the thoughts about projecting into the future. So don't worry about that. All you have to do is go and forgive, and you will be forgiven. Yes, there's always exceptions. If they got a gun, if they've been arrested for certain things, let's we we can talk about those details. Yeah, that's what that's what the uh, counseling services are for. But in general, for ninety nine percent of the people. That won't happen. What's really interesting too is when you begin to go down that road of, of this fearful response, I, c- I can't forgive because they'll, they'll hurt me or they'll yell at me. You have to realize that that's a great reason to go and forgive because they most certainly weren't perfect parents. Like nobody's afraid to go to somebody and say, I forgive you for making me resent you if that person actually loves you. If someone actually loves you, like your father or your mother, they would be so relieved that you can be honest. Really, ponder on that. Go through that common exercise. Were your parents perfect? Nobody's perfect. I didn't ask that. It's going to go back and forth. If you don't know what to forgive them for, do the silent prayer. Get to know yourself and observe those thoughts. And again, doubt every thought. That's the kind of the first part, saying here's why it has to happen. Here's the example of why. And actually, let me just go into this one little small thing. Why do you have to go and forgive your parents? Like, why don't you go and forgive the other people who've hurt you in life? You know, an ex-girlfriend, an ex-boyfriend, an employer, uh, someone who assaulted you, whatever it may be. And the reason why is that if you try to address the symptoms, the external symptoms, which is all of those events, instead of going to the root of all your problems, you're going to do forgiveness. You'll feel good for a short time but the root is still there. And that root comes from your parents imbuing that sense of sin within you, right? Because you were born into sin. You were perfect, you were born into sin, and you began to believe, based upon the trauma, you began to believe the sin within you was you, right? So you started to expand who you thought you were. As a child, you are perfect. There is that sin within you, and you can go and forgive your family. That's why you always forgive people when you're young. And then there comes a time where they put so much trauma onto you, you choose to resent them. And in that moment, that's when Satan's got you. That's why you need to go to the parents because they're the root of everything, both your mother, mainly your mother, and then to your father. So how do you actually do it? So now let's say that, hey, we've had a great conversation You know you need to go and forgive. You know what it's for. How do you actually go and do it? Well, first step is don't think about it, right? Because when you think Satan's trying to trick you, really all it is is you go to them and you literally say what I've told you, right? I'm setting you up, I'm giving you the template. You go to your parents, you say, hey mom, whether individually or on Skype or on FaceTime, whatever it is, you say, hey mother, I forgive you for making me resent you when I was a child. Uh, when xyz happened, when you were overbearing, when you hit me with, uh, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) whatever it may be, uh, there's going to be something that you've kind of figured it out or just, you know, making me angry as a kid. You know, I, I know you didn't know any better. I know it's not really within you and you didn't want that to happen. After that, really just treat it kind of like a movie. You're watching a screen. If your mother freaks out, Hey, that's a great movie to watch. You're like, whew, what's going on here? You know, if she gets angry, that's fascinating. Because again, it's just the sin through her, because she's perfect, but she's believing the sin of who she is. You know, if she were to, as as JLP says, if she were to freak out, get a heart attack, and just die on the floor, hey, that's great too. Just make sure you go and find the insurance papers. <laughs> What's amazing is when you begin to actually do the process, when you're driving over to your parents' house or when you're on the phone planning to call them, you are going to probably shake in your boots to a level that you've never experienced in your life. And I can almost guarantee that's going to happen. Uh, You're going to have your thoughts going crazy. Again, saying things like, your parents are going to disown you. Your parents hate you. Um... It's just amazing what your thoughts will make you do. All it's trying to get you to do is not to forgive. Because forgiveness is really the beginning of peace and the beginning of God. It's an amazing feeling when you see all those things happening. Just doubt those thoughts. Go through with the process. Yes, okay, there's an exception if you know you got some real outliers for parents. I'm talking about the norm. It's like 99%. And when you're literally in front of them, You will see a tsunami of thoughts trying to tell you not to do it and all you have to do is say hey mom hey father i just want to let you know that i forgive you for making me resent you and then god will forgive you from there you'll see this schism this quietness that all of a sudden appears and then you can talk to them as a son of god or a daughter of god and you'll watch them and whatever happens will happen they kick you out great if they cry that's great if they say i'm so thankful that's great even if they say hey i forgive you you'll be like no 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 why are you forgiving me you're the one who raised me so those were kind of the basics there what happens after don't worry about it don't think about it that's really all the step is when you walk through this you know it's it's an amazing thing once you forgive them that if, you, if you're driving home, you'll be in a different reality. That's been my experience. The waking up experience is amazing. There may be some lagging thoughts. And yes, thoughts will always be with you initially, and you will get further and further and further away. But really, it's an amazing experience to go through this forgiveness aspect. So just to wrap this up, go and forgive, and God will forgive you. And the forgiveness that you're doing is you're forgiving them for making you resent them. That's how it's being handled. You're not going to Satan and asking him for forgiveness. That's how people normally think of it. It's the exact opposite. I go to you. I forgive you because of how you made me resent you. And that's it. And it's the first step. It's the first step on an amazing journey of waking up. When I actually talk with other people and they say, oh, yeah, I've, forgiven my parents and I'll say oh what was the experience like if they didn't go and forgive if they say I forgave someone within my heart that's not it that's cowardly you have to go and forgive and you will be forgiven so that's it for this section just wanted to cover the basics if you have questions about it I would love to hear it if you need counseling advice that's what I'm here for too go to doubteverythought.com you'll be able to see where the links are for all that and next up we got a book review for um, uh, Roy Masters. The book is How Your Mind Can Keep You Well. And let's go into that right now. So, I want you to ask a very simple question to yourself. And it's this Do you have peace in your life? And if that's something you don't have, then hey, the Doubt Every Thought podcast has three simple steps to bring it to you. You know, the first step here is to go to your parents and to forgive them. And you may ask, okay, what am I forgiving my parents for? Well, were they perfect? And the answer probably is no, nobody's perfect. But we don't care about nobody, we care about your parents. So you're gonna go to them and forgive them for making you resent them. Sounds counterintuitive, but it's really how it works. You go to your parents and forgive, and God will forgive you. That's been my experience. The second step is to do something every morning and every night, and it is called the silent prayer. You know, Some people have equated it to meditation but it's really not that. What you're doing is you're observing your thoughts and Roy Masters has some great tutorial videos to teach you the basics. Just go online and find him. Another great resource is uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. He has something called the silent video. The whole idea is that you sit there and know thyself. You really get to know who you are and you take every thought and put it into captivity by observing it. And of course, the last step, hence the name of the podcast is Doubt Every Thought. Because buddy, those thoughts definitely ain't you. They're coming from a source, they make you feel good, they make you feel bad, make you feel right and wrong. And you will begin to realize that as you doubt every thought, you will become more and more in the light and more and more peaceful. So again, if you're looking for peace in your life, and you're looking for a simple way to do it I would highly recommend these three steps and I can't wait to talk about it more with you with others and just really bring you out of the darkness and into the light so again welcome to the doubt every thought podcast and I wish you well can't wait to talk to you more Okay, and welcome back to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. Let me push this mic further away. There we go. Had to grab some coffee. Need some energy. Needed some water. But I'm back. Episode number seven. We're talking about forgiveness. But in this particular part, we're talking about a book that I think I'm going to use as some sort of... uh, Could you say positive temptation? Maybe a motivator to kind of show you what it's like to be on the other side of things after you've gone through forgiveness and what the silent prayer can really bring to you in your life. Now, if you've been listening to the episodes before, it's a similar book that I talked about. It's from Roy Masters, Foundation for Human Understanding. The book is called How Your Mind Can Keep You Well. Sounds very simple, right? Uh, In particular, this book is talking about the silent prayer, what it is, how to do it, and then, if you're not getting too intellectual about things, it's giving you this peek into what fear and what courage, what love, and what resentment really is. Uh, last time we talked about repentance. Uh, this time I wanted to talk about how you will kind of begin to perceive the world as you get more and more awake and into the silent prayer. So I know I've covered a few earlier chapters. I think it talked about what the silent prayer was, what repentance was, Uh, and this particular part that I want to cover here just for a few minutes is talking about, in chapter six, meditation as the way to courage. So if you have the book, if you don't have the book, I recommend getting it. If you have the book, congratulations. You're one of the awesome people like me. (laughs) And then uh, this is from page 119. I'm going to read maybe a page or two. So, you can sit back, relax, and just let it go in one ear and out the other. See it as a great motivation to do the silent prayer. And then afterwards, of course, I may add a few comments here and there. Nothing too crazy. And then we'll just finish up the uh, uh, podcast with the biblical question. So, here we go. It used to be that you were upset and said the wrong thing, or you were upset and said nothing. Now, the process within you is reversing itself. You are not upset and you say or do something reasonable. Or you are not upset, and you say or do nothing, in accordance with the reasonable requirements of the moment. Do not blame others, nor look into the past for the original cause of your trouble. You already know what it is. It is pride supported by the emotion of hostility. It continues to feed and multiply your problems, upset by upset. From now on, just watch and observe calmly. As you recognize your anger patterns, Merely observe your related weaknesses and resentments and allow them to pain you. Refrain from correcting your own faults. The stress of realizing our inability to make ourselves right will become repentance. And repentance stresses the compassion of the Father to grace us with the remedy. So just a quick comment there. Again, it's not you who's solving your problems, right? You're just observing the problems. You're observing the thoughts. And they're not actually problems to begin with. You just thought they were because you believe the thoughts. Okay, back to the book. Be patient with what you see within as well as without. When you do not allow the injustice of others to puff up your pride with judgment or challenge you to deal with the threat of your ego, the spirit within you is stressed to reply for you. Soon you will be able to see and overcome hostilities that you have not even noticed as yet because of their subtlety. Just by watching and not being upset by what you see. Each time you succeed, true courage will emerge and fear will fall away. So a quick comment there too. Every time you're able to doubt every thought, every time you doubt a thought, every time you observe a thought, that's one more step in the right direction of getting to know yourself. In a similar fashion, every time you give in to thoughts, every time you identify with them, you think that you are a god you're identifying with them that's a step in the other direction towards satan it's super simple you can either follow god or follow satan there's there's really no free will so there's nothing to worry about okay let's see in the past you were afraid to observe life as it was perhaps because of the violence of your reactions to what you observed you could not deal wisely with what you saw so you chose to see less and less Now you must observe the cruelties of life and yet stand unmoved by them. Allow a nature deep within to deal with each threat. You may feel as though your experiences were not actually happening to you, as though someone other than yourself were experiencing life for you. I I think that's a great part too. Uh, I notice for myself when I've gone through in a fallen state those experiences, you would pull back, but not pull back in the right way. You would just willingly cut yourself off from reality not acknowledging the truth of situations whether it was for work whether it was for society whether it was even for your own relationships that you're having you would act like everything was fine even though everything was burning around you i'm sure you've seen that meme where that person's sitting in a house that's burning down and they're saying everything's fine everything is fine that dog that's melting down definitely needs to uh uh, forgive his mother and father (laughs) So this is about the meditation exercise, page 121 Uh, The meditation exercise restores your relatedness to truth and reason via repentance It allows for a spiritual refueling in that exact moment before you act Patiently waiting for the intuitive prod to the right thought or action You will no longer be thinking in terms of your own advantage Or fearing consequences You should learn to trust your perception of outside reality You should always have listened to what you knew was right within yourself. As you become more patient, the mist of emotion and fear will no longer cloud your reason, so that truth for each moment will be plain to see, and it will be easy to function from what is wise and good. Since you will always perceive what is right and true for each moment, you will never need to make a decision through analysis. Life is like a voyage through time. You have been given so many years in which to gather the treasures of love, courage, and wisdom. In the matrix of patience, everything grows as a matter of course, without struggle. So do not be in a hurry for any results. Keep your entire being fixed upon the good principles you are discovering with joy. And rewards will appear on their own in ways you least expect. Just keep your mind on basic principles. They will become the cause of better effects to come. So I'm just trying to really implore you to do the silent prayer. Because that sounds pretty awesome, right? I can say from my experience... You know, as a son of God, that is exactly what it has felt like, and I totally recommend it. So there's only, I think, two or three more paragraphs, and we'll be finishing this up. Let's see. Through the meditation exercise, you will discover the meaning of love, and then you will find that courage, happiness, and health will follow naturally without strain or effort. Your doubts and fears will suddenly seem pointless, and they will dissolve from your mind as you recognize this fact. They were nothing but an evolution of guilts which originated through illicit ambitions and being upset. They had no other basis for being. You know, now that you are becoming more and more patient and relaxed, the old fears, excuses, and guilts are starved of their power to grow by your right response and must therefore fall away. You know, that's a key uh, thing to realize too is that when you begin to wake up, the thoughts are going to go crazy, right? They're going to tell you all these things, especially for forgiveness. Think of them as a. I don't know, as like a creature or a plant that's been growing inside of you. And they feed upon the anger. They feed upon the resentment. So now you're beginning to starve them of that. So what does a plant or an animal naturally do when it's starving? Thrashes about, panics, tries to find and tries to guilt you into as much as it can. So you'll begin to notice that there's this massive battle happening. But it's not really you. It's just Satan beginning to panic because he's losing another soul to God. It's a great experience to go through. I think last, uh, last paragraph. Your mind is becoming free from its preoccupation with seeking solutions that only create bigger problems. You will lose interest in many things that you erroneously believe to be important. And soon you will have time to ponder and wonder and see life as it really is, instead of just worrying about it. You will never feel compelled to do this meditation exercise. It will never become a habit. It must be what you choose to do voluntarily each morning. By willingly doing the exercise each morning, you will effortlessly be able to follow the principles of patience and tolerance, which you are discovering and which is being set in motion from within through your sincere desire. By doing so, you free your mind and body from old, useless, mechanical ideas and from worry, fear, and habit. By choosing to do the exercise and binding yourself through free will to this new source of information, You unchain yourself from externalized, compulsive behavior and the monotonous pursuit of pleasure and comfort. So I wanted to cover that section because it's really a great, concise way to see what life is like on the other side. You operate from patience, understanding. You operate from consistency. And you also begin to realize how life is much more simple than you think. And you're actually able to ponder on what truly matters versus disappearing into the past or disappearing into the future with Satan so that's all I wanted to cover in that section the last one that we have here is talking about the biblical question and let's get into it okay Part number four, the biblical question. So every week I go to a church, really a fellowship. It's called Bond. As I mentioned in the beginning, Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, which is charted with rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. And I say that because that's how JLP says it all the time. Uh, By JLP, I mean Jesse Lee Peterson. He's the pastor, or at least the guide that we've had. Uh, who's at the church it's up in Los Angeles. Uh, he's been doing this for about I think 30 or 31 years Which is pretty amazing, you know, he has men's forums. He has women's forums. He has an entrepreneurship Academy and He also has a church service that we do on Sundays and he also has a talk show that he has uh, Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to uh, 9 a.m. Just look for a JLP talk or the JLP show And what I like about the biblical question is that the question actually makes you ponder versus memorize. I think in a lot of churches or in a lot of groups, the questions that they ask you are about knowledge and intellect, and it's not about spirit and knowing thyself. You know, the important thing in life is that you should know things for yourself, and you shouldn't believe what people are telling you just because you like them a lot. Uh, It's like how I mentioned before how everybody in life is a signpost for you and you shouldn't stop at the signpost that you like and say, this signpost is right. The person or a signpost that is good for you is pointing you back to God, to know thyself, to return to the Father. And what's great too about the questions that Jesse asks at uh, his fellowship every Sunday is that he doesn't tell you the answers first until everybody gives their input. He doesn't assume that he's right and usually the answers are very simple it's either yes or no and the third answer of course could be i have no clue and that's what's great as you begin to realize as you focus on these things you know you're not focused on what you're wearing where you're sleeping what you're doing what you're eating you're focusing on these things these spiritual questions you really begin to understand how much you don't know externally, but also how much you know from within where God is. So with all that being said, I highly recommend pondering on this question. It'll be answered on uh, Sunday if you go to Bond on uh, YouTube, Bond, Jesse Lee Peterson. But yeah, let's just get into it. I'll tell you what I, how I kind of see it. You know, don't believe me just because I said it. Just know for yourself. But here it is. So The question for, what is this, 820? Yeah, the question for this week is, what does it mean when the Bible says, many are called, few are chosen? What does it mean when the Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen? And I think that's a great point. To me, what that means is that God speaks to everybody. And he doesn't speak to us in our heads. He speaks to us in that voiceless voice, through intuition. He speaks to everybody. Every man, every woman, every child. And it's really up to us to listen to that intuition. And how do you listen to it? Well, it's usually the absence of external listening. So don't pay attention to your senses. Don't pay attention to the thoughts in your head making up imagination. Really just sit quietly and know thyself. Now, few are chosen I actually don't really know what that aspect means. To me, it's this choice that we all have in our lives to either follow God or follow Satan. And what's interesting is God may speak to everybody, but only a few will actually choose to follow that righteous path. It also kind of reminds me of, um, I think, a very wealthy man went to Jesus and said, oh, how do I return to God? And Jesus is just like, hey, just drop everything. You know, give your money away and follow me and more riches will be given upon you. The simple thing with life and with God is that the answer is clear. Many times we know within our hearts what we need to do, yet we choose not to. We choose to acknowledge that we shouldn't be making more money. We should be focused on our family or focused on spirituality. And then we deny ourselves that. When God speaks to us and tells us what path we need to follow. Just because it's inconvenient or because maybe it, we think it will hurt too much. Which again, just believe in your thoughts from Satan. We decide not to follow God's path. And the thing is, is that God's not trying to force you to do anything. There's a com—a common saying that I've learned is, suffer and die. And at first blush, that sounds a little brutal. But when you really think about it, life is simple. You either follow god's path and live peacefully in the moment from moment to moment with love and you bring more love into this world or you follow satan's path and satan's probably convinced you that you are your thoughts that you are your own god that you know what's best for you and i really think if you can reflect on these things not worry about how much money you make or where you want to be but really reflect on what truly matters in life in this temporal existence as many people say you'll find that all of us have been called at some point and are always being called. It's a voiceless voice. It's very quiet. But over time, we choose to deny it, and the rest of the world gets louder and louder and louder. But it's always within you, and you can always find it if you choose to take a step back from that reality. Forgive, know thyself, and doubt every thought. So again, biblical question, what does it mean when it is said, Many are called, but few are chosen. I think this is in Matthew somewhere. What does that mean to you? Ponder on that. There's no real right or wrong answer. It's about what is the answer for you? And it could be you have no clue, and it's all good. So that's it. That's what's great about the biblical question. It isn't about me trying to trick you or JLP trying to tell us what the right thing is. It's just about knowing thyself. Well, that wraps up, I think, this podcast for today. Uh, This has been episode number seven. We talked about forgiveness, we covered a Roy Masters section, what the whole podcast is about, as well as a biblical question, which is, many are called, few are chosen. What does that really mean? I thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to do, I think, uh, episode number eight, which we're gonna do an interview with Chris, one of my uh, fellow friends who's woken up recently. Can't wait to talk to you then. I wish you well and have a wonderful day.